extending a firmly capable hand. I'd heard you'd arrived. I'm Jeanie, Jeanie McMorran. I keep house for Peter. Before I could respond, she took a quick step backwards, shaking her head. Och, I'm forgetting my manners. Come inside, the both of you. David Fortune ducked his head to squeeze through the narrow doorway. The kitchen was narrow too, and long, and though the sunlight couldn't quite break through the small old-fashioned windows, the lace curtains, so white it almost hurt the eyes to look at them, and gaily patterned china plates propped up along the old oak dresser, made the room homely and bright. David Fortune looked around and sniffed the fragrant air. Been baking, have you? Apple tart for Brian's tea. The big man's eyes flicked briefly to the closed door at the far end of the room. He's back then, is he? Aye. He came in late last night. No need to be quiet, though, she added. He'll be sleeping it off for a few hours yet. Jeanie led us past the closed door and along a tiny passageway towards the front of the cottage. Robbie'll be fair glad to see you. He's off school today with a smit. Then... Suddenly remembering I wasn't Scottish, she rolled her eyes, smiled, and translated, He has a cold. Nothing serious, ye can, but I'll not send a son of mine to school when he's ill. Her words had only just sunk in when, after a confident knock and reply, I was ushered through a second low doorway and into the presence of Peter Quinnell's Homer. My first thought was that I'd been brought to the wrong room. The face that looked up from the bed in the corner was a child's face, round and questioning, sprayed with freckles and topped by a shock of unruly black hair. Robbie McMorran could not have been older than eight. Aye, David greeted the boy, glancing round as though something were missing. Where's Kip? Out with Grandad. Oh, aye. The blue eyes swung to Jeanie McMorran. Where's Wally away to this morning? He didn't see. She seemed unconcerned. Brian comes in and Dad goes out. You ken how it is. It's only my wee soldier here who gives me a moment's peace. She laid one cooling hand on the boy's forehead, then rumpled his hair with a smile. He's not dead yet, she pronounced. I'm sure he'll survive a short visit, but just a short one now, and no Nintendo. Fixing David Fortune with a stern look, she left us to return to her kitchen and the fragrant apple tart bubbling in the oven. No Nintendo! The Scotsman pulled a face of mock dismay, which he shared with the bedridden boy. How's a lad meant to get well? Robbie McMorran giggled. It's no so bad. The electricity's going off anyway, sometime soon. Is it now? Did you tell Mr. Quinnell? Aye. Mum rang him up just afore you came. The frank, round eyes looked up at me, eagerly. Is this Miss Grey? It is, very to Grey. He introduced me. I'd like you to meet Robert Roy McMorran. For such a little gangly thing, he had a solemn handshake. She doesn't look at all like what you said, he told the archaeologist accusingly. A David Fortune chose to let the comment pass. 
he hiked a straight-back chair closer to the bed, inviting me to sit down, and settled himself on the edge of young Robbie's bed. I think Miss Gray would like to ken what part you played in bringing Mr. Quinnell here to Rose Hill. Wasn't me, the boy replied. It was Granny Nan. She wrote to Mr. Quinnell like... Aye, she wrote to him to tell him what? About me seeing the sentinel. I interrupted with a faint frown. The sentinel? Aye. Robbie nodded. On the hill. Kip found him first, and then Granny Nan showed me this book with pictures in it. Granny Nan being my mother, interjected David for my benefit. She's Granny Nan to everyone round here. She showed me this book, and it had a picture of him in it, and she got all excited and wrote to Mr Quinnell. She let me keep the picture. Rolling onto his stomach.